Hello, and welcome to episode number 397 of the Armin Show podcast. We are in person. We are live. We're at a park. I have a guest here. It's Sunny. Subscribe if you haven't. Support the show, Science, People, and Creativity. We love growing. Our guest today, Faith Lamasters. Faith, welcome to the wonderful show. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you on. Details of production are important. Yes. And I pick up on these. Yes. Which is good. Now, before we get into you and magazine creation, Mm -hmm. broad description of things you value in existence. Yes. Thoughts. Um, Humanity is a big one. So that could be anything from like just helping somebody, having a conversation with someone, um, sharing and appreciating art together, sharing, just sharing life with people. I think that is so beautiful. And in like the same vein, the connectedness of nature, how everything works together. Like we have these birds and the beautiful trees that are their homes. And to me, those are things that I really value just seeing the connectedness in the world. We're all linked together in some way. Yes. Everybody you meet later on, like 10 years later, you're like, oh, they knew that person. Actually, that's connected to some interest they had. Exactly. It's all together. It's a good theme. And also kind of uh, like a warm blanket it gives to life in a way. Yes, for sure. That's cool. Now, before creating a magazine. Yeah. And what is the category of the magazine in? So the category of the magazine is fashion um, and particularly luxury ethical fashion, which is like its own subcategory. Luxury ethical fashion. Yes. Which part about each of those speaks to you? So like luxury. Yeah. How is that manifested? What does that look like? What is luxury? Yeah. So to me, luxury is something that is very precious. Usually a lot of time goes into making it. The best fabrics are selected and chosen. There's attention to all of the little details. So to me, that is what makes something luxurious. It's not always necessarily something with the highest price point, but it is something that is the best made. And in terms of ethical fashion, to me, that's not exploiting people along the way. So paying all workers a fair wage, making sure factories are safe, making sure that you're not wasting a bunch of fabric and just tossing it out and finding ways to reuse that. So that's what ethical fashion looks like to me. Um, And then fashion is important just because to me, it's such a vital form of self-expression. And for me, as I've gotten older, I found that really being able to express myself in that way is so powerful and it's a power that each of us has if we're willing to spend the time with it and learn our style and harness it what power can someone express with their fashion what can they say what are some things a person can say through their fashion yeah so it's so funny i actually when i was in college i started saying that fashion is the classiest form of protest um there's so much you can say so you could literally for example buy a t-shirt with an important statement on it like oh, women's rights or whatever the issue is that you want to raise awareness to. So it can be very literal, but it can also be something that's maybe a little bit more subtle. So, for example, with everything that's unfortunately happening right now in Iran, with women being forced to wear the hijab and cover up, a lot of women are just refusing to wear it or they're not covering their hair all the way. And that's something more subtle. And there is a lot of power in what they're doing because they are choosing to say that, no, I have the right to dress how I want and I have the right to have a belief and a relationship with God in the way that I believe and not how I'm told to. So... It's, it can be something that's, again, more subtle or something very straightforward. And I think on a more basic level, not quite as deep, 
how we dress can help give us confidence because I know for me, I have gotten very far away from wearing just like jeans and t-shirts. For me, that's kind of when I feel my worst. But if I'm dressing up every day wearing like dress pants, a nice blouse, a skirt, a dress, I am so much more confident and I feel like my true energy of who I am shines through that. You're able to impact the way you would like to. Exactly. The other one is more limiting. Exactly, yes. Do you rate, can you rate them on different levels of like, this gives me a 10 worth of this and this gives me a seven worth of this, this is a two. Yeah. If I'm wearing this, this is a two. Yeah, so for me, a two is like, if I am wearing like tennis shoes and old t-shirt jeans, like. It's not energizing. Yeah, no energy at all. A seven would be maybe like a nice blouse with jeans and heels. But a 10, again, would be like a very nice dress and high heels and the jacket and like all of the jewelry and accessories. So, yeah, that's what it is for me. That's cool. I yeah. like the levels of, that's nice. Yeah. There are differences there. And it does do something. It does. It definitely does. And I think when you are feeling energetically your highest, other people can see that too. And it just causes you... I think to engage with people more and also on a deeper level, which is so important. I agree highly. At certain times when I'm in a good setting or yeah, clothing can make a difference. Yeah. And then boom, suddenly like doors are opening, opportunities are happening. And it wouldn't have been that without that. It just wouldn't. You can't tell like specifically the exact difference, but you just know it wouldn't have occurred that way. Mm -hmm. This opens up a new energy level of this happens and this person and this opportunity. Exactly. Warms. Exactly. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah. I've seen this many times. I've done a lot of socializing in public, mm -hmm. so I, I can notice the differences yes. very clearly. Yes. 10,000 sure. examples, does it? Yeah. How long have you been into style and or fashion? How early? What At what age did you start to sense like, hmm, I'm looking at these details? Yeah. So I think it's something I've always been interested, but when I was young and even as a teenager, I didn't know how to do it. Um, I remember at one point this girl she was like asking for feedbacks on feedback on her outfits i think i must have been like maybe 13 or 14 at the time and she had this combination of shorts i remember they had like teal stripes on them and a red top and i said teal and red in my opinion do not look good together bold and i was statement. like i was okay. i was a bold kid and then i was like offering her different suggestions for what to wear so I think I always had like this innate interest in it. I just didn't understand how to work with it. Um, and then as I got older, like I would say early 20s, I started realizing that it could be something powerful, that it was something people around the world were using to drive change in different ways. And that again, on a personal level, it's something that could help you feel more confident. So at that point I started kind of exploring my own style and I had always loved writing and I knew I wanted to write in some capacity. Um, and then one day I just sat down and I started looking at different jobs where I could write and do something with fashion. And that's kind of how it all came to be. That's cool. Yeah. Writing is very important. I, have, I value it highly. I feel like you can write your way to something. Yes. If you do enough writing in a direction mm -hmm. within enough uh, days or time, you are towards there. And then you tell somebody about it. Then you reach for it. Then you make a call. You send an email. By the time you're done, you're yes. sort of there. Journaling. What kind of journaling have you done? What value has it brought to you? Yeah, so I do a few different like types of journal. I do a few different types of journaling. So 
Um, once in a while, I'll do like reflective journaling where I'm talking about my day or different thoughts I have. I'll write like a little poetry, just whatever thoughts come to mind. And then I also am a very big believer in spirituality and the laws of attraction and manifesting. So I also journal in the sense that I write about like what I'm working on, what I am believing will happen. And so that's very important to me as well. You can pull things into your existence through a lot of effort or yes. through saying things, thinking them. And then you ever think about this? Like you can actually will things away if you think like, no, I'm not paying attention to that. Yeah. It starts to distance from you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking about that recently. It's something you can, we have like a mi magnetic push and pull if we need to. Yeah. Now, in the related space, wait, and then spirituality, how does that manifest more often? Do you think about it like, what does spirituality mean to you? Um, so for me, I do believe in God, and I do also believe in Christ, but I focus on like his love and his teachings about helping others. And to me, that is like the most important thing and the most important legacy we can have in life is just loving and being kind and helping others. So that's a huge part of it. And again, the connectedness of everything is a big part of my spirituality, just understanding that all of this does work together and does serve a purpose. So, yeah, I think for me, that's what spirituality looks like. That's cool. There's something to be said. I've talked about statistics where uh, religion has gone down, but at the mm -hmm. same time, religion has gone down. Some of the elements that are not positive in society have also uh, gone up. It's like opposite. So it speaks to the fact that maybe religion had something good to bring to society mm -hmm. and a, a disappearance of that is... Maybe a risk factor. Maybe a risk, yeah. I think the problem is, and What's this, the problem? Just the answer for the problem. <laughs> and this happens with a lot of things, unfortunately. But I think that religion became so infiltrated by politics and all of these other things. Got all polarized. Yeah, that people kind of just lost sight of what was important, and instead of love, people started hating or being judgmental. And you have all of these other things coming into play, and I think that's why religion is going down. And I think that sort of hatred and judgment in society is the problem. Not necessarily that the interest in religion is going down, it's that people are being more open and outward about that. Um, and it's not just people in religions, it's people overall. And it's like, again, an energy thing, like that energy is kind of feeding off of itself. Um, so I think that's the biggest issue. And I think the biggest way to fight against that is to just, you know, just be a loving person and stand up for what's right and stand up for others. Be warm. Exactly. Yes. It takes more to be warm now than to be the opposite. The opposite is yeah. easy. You yeah. get more attention. You'll get more exactly. people that uh, relate with you. Mm -hmm. But to be warm, you're standing out now. Exactly. How dare you do such a thing? Mm -hmm. Why are you happy? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. You're making a statement just by being warm or even peaceful or even calm is almost a right. statement. In its right. Own, it is. Which is good. Yeah. Now, speaking of making a statement, some statements are made visually and through text. Yes. You have created something which I would describe as Le Avenir de la Mode. <laughs> Am I correct? What is the name of your magazine? Can you tell us? La Avenir de la Mode. So it is a French name. It means the future of fashion. The future of fashion. Yes. In French. By the way, and that was not... I never heard it, so that's there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to finding a niche. Yes. That's cool. What would bring you to think of such mm -hmm. or to want to bring people together in that capacity? And yeah. what is your connection to the French people? 
Um, so I studied French as my second language. I have a French surname. Um, it, I've just been interested in the language. And then when the time came to name the magazine, I really wanted the future of fashion, but it's sort of like a term that's thrown around a lot. Like people use it for a lot of things like, oh, AI is the future of fashion or whatever. Like there's so many, um, different iterations of that so I was like okay how can I make this different and then in my brain it just came to me in French so I was like okay this is the title like this has to be it it sounds great thank you thank you so much it sounds better when you say it but it sounds great <laughs> thank you it's smooth now what would you like the magazine to represent so I really want it to represent the values again of being ethical and what that looks like again not exploiting people creating meaningful art and creating items that are meant to last and make a statement. So those are the values that I want to share through the content. But at the same time, I really want it to be about building community and inspiring younger designers to go after what they want. You know, like fashion students who are studying or like the kid at home who has the old sewing machine and they're just getting started. I would love to be part of somebody's journey in that way and inspire them and be like, hey, look at all of these incredible artists and designers. They are making these beautiful pieces and they're going about it in the right way. So at the end of the day, that to me, I think is probably the most important thing is that community and just showing the importance of craftsmanship and art and that people still care about that because I think especially with fast fashion and everything, it can kind of get lost. But at the end of the day, there are so many people who want that connection to something and they want to feel moved by something and it still exists. So we just have to help people connect with that. Now, is it an electronic magazine? Is it a physical magazine? And how does one put together a magazine? So it is both a digital and physical copy. Um, right now and for the next few weeks, the digital will be on sale for $5. It's usually 10. So if you're interested, now is the time to buy it. We have a physical copy as well. Um, and then we also have preview articles on the website if you kind of want to get a taste of what's in it and then decide, which is great. Um, but it is a very lengthy process, let me tell you. So I well, first started <laughs> conducting, <laughs> I first started conducting interviews last May. So literally a year ago, I first started so sending out emails Casual and working year. on it. Yeah, like a full calendar year though. And I had started working on it then. I was anticipating to release in last September or October. Um, but as I was working on it, I realized it just felt very, very incomplete. And I kept working on it and like trying different things. And my friend, Zach Cadwalder, who is an amazing designer, he's also featured in the magazine. I met him. Yeah, you did meet him, yeah, Fashion Week. Um, he actually did like pretty much everything with the layout and the visuals. He took the cover photo. He took a lot of photos in the magazine. So working with him collaboratively is really what kind of brought it all together. And I am like so grateful for that because it would not be what it is without that, especially not visually. Um, because as a designer, of course, that's like his area of expertise is figuring out this color works with this and like this layout look, looks better with this. So. I'm very grateful for that and yeah so it just really started on canva which is great it's free to use if anybody's interested in making their own magazine you can kind of play around with the layout on that and 
as I was growing, did more interviews, attended events, got photos, and it, it kind of just grew into what it is now. That's cool. It's good to go with your gut. You felt it was incomplete. Yes. yes. And if you had put it out at that time, you would have an incomplete thing to look back on now. Exactly. And you would know it. Other people would say, it's all cool, it's cool, whatever. Yeah. But you would know. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. We have to go with our gut. Yes, for sure. Now, some of the people, who have you included? What types of people would you include in the magazine? Yeah. And who are some of the people who you have included in the magazine? For sure. So in this first issue, I'm going to try to get through everybody off the top of my head. Skills so, test. This is a skills challenge right I here. I know. So first, designer feature is... We have them is... all behind that tree. So if you miss anybody, <laughs> they're coming out. It's going to be a surprise. So first one is Roman Thievenin. He's an amazing French designer. He does a lot of couture pieces for film, TV, commercials, music videos. So it's like very avant-garde, over the top. The second feature is Paolo Sebastian. I had a chance to interview the designer, Paul Vasilev, who is incredible. Um, he started designing when he was like 17 years old. His designs, again, very beautiful, very ethereal. After Great Paul- word. Hmm? I'm just jumping in. That's a great oh, word right thank there. You. And then, of course, we have Zach as well, who I mentioned. His brand is ZCAACD. He does a lot of accessories right now. Um, he does some custom jackets, and there's many more great things to come. So keep an eye out for that. I interviewed a wonderful lady named Rashmi um, about her brand, I'm Poetic Clutches. So she has a team who makes all of these gorgeous clutches by hand and she's from India. So a lot of the pieces incorporate like traditional craftsmanship. So that's really cool. I interviewed Lily, who's the designer behind Remnant Bikinis. So she actually made the collection um, at the Fashion Week we met at, at LA Swim Week. Yeah, so she was so cool to talk to. She has a really great, um, really great value of trying and wanting to uplift women with her collection, which I appreciate so much. And then I interviewed Carissa, who is the designer of Beatrice Accessories, who is like another accessory designer. She makes clutches, small bags, different things like that. And then I interviewed Laura Zabo, and she makes jewelry out of recycled tires, which I think is like the coolest thing in the world. And she has workshops where people can learn to make them too. So that's really cool. Um, I did a feature on a shoe brand called Barolo. I also do some freelance marketing for them, which is fun, but it's an Italian luxury shoe brand. Again, everything made by hand, super high quality, beautiful designs. And that was based on my experience as a brand ambassador at a show he was doing with Adolfo Sanchez. So I also wrote about Adolfo Sanchez um, and his collection. And then there is a brand from Helsinki called Ivana Helsinki. I interviewed the designer Paula. She was so warm and kind. And we had a great conversation again about community and the importance of it and all of the work that goes into her designs. And last one, I believe, was Jeroen Vanderheide. He is a fashion business expert from the Netherlands, and he gave a lot of really great insight for any startup companies or designers who might be trying to figure out what direction to go in. So I think that was everybody. I hope that was everybody. That's award-winning attention to detail right there, (laughs) which shows the passion for the category. Yes. Now, one thing is the people... Would a sense of community you are building, would it involve the people you have? How often would the magazine go out 
And would part of your community be the individuals taking part in each? Yeah, so as of right now, I'm planning on two issues yearly. I would love to bump that up to four and then eventually six and then eventually one every month, of course. But I think community is, yes, part of it is the designers and what they are contributing, of course. And I'm so grateful for that. But another part of it is too like the readers and the people who are interested in it like even if people just go to the website and check out the feature section and feel inspired to me that makes me so happy because that's what it's really about at the end of the day the message yes exactly that's cool it's nice to have yeah the layers of community the people you speak with mm -hmm. and then also the people that take in the content yes and absorb some of the yes messaging it's cool it's something nice about community that it goes with that you'd never know that this individual it will be with you six years later yes. because you started a thing. But until you start the thing, they can't be with you yeah. six years later. Yeah. On the question of community, what communities have you participated in? Do any come to mind where you're like, I've been a part of this thing for some time? Um, yes and no. I feel like for me, most of that was in college. Um, I'm, we say you're never out of it. So I'm part of a sorority called Alpha Omicron Pi. So I really felt a sense of community in that. Um, That's cool. Anyone who's been in a sorority knows if you're doing that and working and going to school, it can be very stressful. But at the same time, I learned a lot um, and I was able to help plan events and I definitely felt community there. Um, I think I feel community with like the people I have in my life right now, my friends and my loved ones. It's a group of people who we all just uplift each other and there's no like competition or negativity and that's really nice. And yeah, so I think for me, those are sometimes where I've really like felt that community. And of course, working on the magazine, just seeing like how happy people were to participate. And I think sometimes that kind of shocked me because especially with it being a first issue, I was not expecting to get a yes back from so many people. I think I maybe reached out to 20 people total and out of those 20 people, everyone I just mentioned agreed to interview. So I am very pleased with that and so grateful. And I think, yeah, I definitely felt community at that time as well. This is a very key point. I've talked about this exact concept. There were certain times when I had reached out to individuals. Mm -hmm. I'd say four individuals, right? Yeah. And two were happy to take part, which is cool. Yeah. But if you think about it, that means that I'm only reaching out to four people and two are glad to take part. There's more yeah. than four people out there. Exactly. It's a large statement of the amount of people who would want to take part. Mm -hmm. And you don't know that until you try. Even if, let's say, it was one out of 20, right? Yeah. That still means that. And the public, there's a huge percentage, a huge number of individuals that would participate mm -hmm. in the thing that we have in mind. Yeah. You don't know that until you get trying or started. Yeah. It can be inspiring in some ways. Yes. I like that feeling. And then even if it was zero out of four, sometimes another day it'll be three out of four or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. You can only learn if you try. Yes. What has been a difficulty in either making the magazine or any large scale difficulty you could think of in existence that you've participated in? Because difficulty mm -hmm. is where we learn a lot. So I think for me, one thing that I struggle with, and it's something I'm still working on, is just being organized and setting aside time to do things. So I would spend like five minutes working on it, go on to something else, go back to it. And I feel like if I had just set like a dedicated time to work on everything, I would have gotten it done a lot quicker. Um, so that's something I'm definitely working on moving forward is just time management, especially with creative projects. Because for me, my like creative thinking is not linear. It's like, okay, I'll do this, then I'll do that, then I'll do that. So yeah, that's like a challenge for sure. Um, You're a nonlinear thinker. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think like in the grand scheme of things, it's a challenge to always believe in yourself and the work that you're doing. But the best thing to do to combat that is just get to a point where you love your work and you believe in the mission behind it and just trusting that the right people are going to come across it. Because at the end of the day, you can't do things for like instant gratification. You can't do them for the lights or the views or whatever it may be. You have to do it because you're passionate about it and because you believe in the content. Energy comes from within there. Exactly. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Exactly. So just overcoming that self-doubt and that ego is a big challenge, but it's so important. External validation doesn't really fill us up. Internal validation from ourselves does. Yes. In that way. Yes. That's an interesting one. Yeah. You can't get anywhere too far with likes. How mm-hmm. many? Is, are there going to ever be enough likes to get something done? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. The time management thing is obvious after the fact. And so if you went back with your knowledge now... Mm-hmm. You, you would be able to see yourself doing the same amount of material, but in much less time? Exactly, yes. Because I would be like, okay, I'm going to work on this for two hours straight and then take a break instead of like the five minutes, something else, five minutes, something else. And in that like straight two hours, sitting down, thinking, working through everything, I would have accomplished what it probably took me like three or four days to do. It's funny, some things that are obvious now, but not obvious then. Yeah. But you would think they'll be obvious then, but they're not. Exactly. If everything was obvious, we'd all just be floating through the clouds right, right. now. Right. <laughs> That's a funny one. Mm-hmm. There's a Pomodoro technique that they use in Spain or some countries where it's like a 25-minute timer and it's a tomato. Or yeah. Or not a, to- a tomato? Pomodoro. I think Pomodoro is tomato. Mm-hmm. And you press it, and then like you have 25 minutes to work on something. Mm-hmm. And then you do it like 25-minute blocks, and that's like yeah. a theme. Maybe I should try that. It's that like sounds a time good. management technique. Yeah. <laughs> People have had this theme in place for different mm-hmm. projects. Yeah. Every time I've done something, I've tried something beforehand. So like even before, let's say podcasts, before I had a blog many years ago. Yeah. Or I would uh, socializing with strangers videos or different things, right? Mm-hmm. What are uh, some creative ideas you've had prior to a magazine? Have there been any other items over the years that you're like, hmm, what about this that you thought about? Yeah. So when I was in college studying fashion merchandising, I actually tried to start a fashion blog, but then I realized I liked talking about fashion on others more than I did myself. So I was like posting photos of myself wearing outfits, explaining like what trends I was incorporating. And I was like, you know what? Like when it's me, it's just, it's not fun for me. It wasn't it. Yeah, it wasn't it. So I started that. Um, When I was much, much younger, I was interested into acting. So I did that for a little bit growing up. And I wrote poetry from the time I was in middle school. Like I mentioned earlier, I still do that as like a way to unwind and reflect on everything. So I think I've pursued like a lot of different like creative outlets throughout the years with like writing and creating art in some capacity or another. I knew that it had to be the case, but it's, it's usually the trend. Creative, like yeah. it's the steps to what the thing is. Yes. That's cool. He said acting. I just got an idea. Okay, we're going to both pretend we are high school kids that just found out about your magazine. Okay. okay. We're really excited about it. Well, okay. have you heard about this new magazine? I have. It's so amazing. Oh my God. Have you read it? I mean, I've looked at it. It's pretty exciting. What do you think about it? I love it. It's my favorite magazine ever. I just, I can't believe I've never read this before. I think everybody should yeah, read it right now. Yeah, have you read it before? Like, what's going I know, on? exactly. Like, everybody should have read it. Yeah, like, catch up with the other people. All the cool kids have done it. Exactly. Like, they're reading it. They're looking at the imagery and mm-hmm. they're figuring out about fashion. 
And we were just wondering, when are you going to catch up? Exactly. Like, it's time. Like, everybody needs to know. So they got to get it. That's true. I like watermelons. Yeah? I like cherries. Those are my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Long live that. It's wonderful to go into alternate world. Yeah. (laughs) They would talk something like that. I don't know exactly how they would, but they would talk something like that. Yeah. That's a valid point. I like to make things in variety of categories. Let's see, uh, with people, uh, words, freestyle rapping, mm-hmm. uh, writing stuff, video, uh, audio sometimes. It's cool to create in different yeah. spheres and such. You're a nonlinear thinker. Mm-hmm. That's not the most common type of individual. How does that affect existence? This is a broader question, but does it make it a little <laughs> bit more challenging? Because I think it is a smaller grouping of the broad collective of people. I th- think I'm learning ways to work with it. How do you do it? Um, so currently working on marketing work, like I take a lot of notes. I have sticky notes everywhere. I have like a notebook full of notes. Um, so a lot of note taking, keeping things organized in that way, keeping a planner. And then for the magazine, same thing moving forward as I'm getting started on the second issue, kind of having a plan, coming up with a layout beforehand being like, okay, I want this article here, this one here, and just really planning everything strategically to the best of my ability. So I have an outline to follow because even then if my, like, if it's not like linear thinking, the outlines and the notes can help me get all of my thoughts in order in some way. That's a valid point. Yeah. And then you can better also work with the linear world. Yes. Yes. Right. That's a valid point. Mm -hmm. I like to do this one once in a while. So what is the question you have for the host out of nowhere? A question I have for you is what got you interested in attending fashion week events? And do you have any personal interest in fashion? This is a great one. Uh, wonderful. I'd see, unexpected. But it's good. I like unexpected questions. So what got me interested in going to Fashion Week? Mm-hmm. I like the variety of it, the liveliness, uh, style. Everybody is like an up energy to it. Yeah. There is variation colors. I like colors. Um, people, interaction. I'm more people-oriented than actually the fashion. Mm-hmm. So people-oriented, lively. And there's like artists, there's painters. Um, I've had a few people that I've spoken with that were from that. Yeah. One was a, a painter, one was an artist, one was a dancer, one was an attorney, but was at the... And one was recently, um, it's a professor at Long, uh, Cal State Long Beach, but also was oh, a model. Nice. She was in Finkbeiner. Yeah. So that's a whole swath of yeah. variety there. Yeah. So I think that's super cool. And also shout outs to Robbie Divine, who uh, early on would like introduce me to a variety of people. Mm-hmm. And he's been on the show too, but... It's a nice, the community sense is nice. Yes. When you're part of a grouping and there's linkage and that person and there's something nice about that. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be part of a tribe as people. It's not supposed to be like islands. Right. And then, do I have an interest in fashion? I like, it's cool to see. Mm-hmm. I have no sense of it, a little maybe. And then some, mm-hmm. but more people. Yeah. The fashion is like. Like, you know how the fashion has accessories? Mm-hmm. To me, to people, the fashion is an accessory Ooh. of sorts. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. And it's cool, it's cool to see different looks. Oh, because oh, of the boldness also. I like that yeah. part. Because certain looks, most individuals in public are not wearing things that are standing out. Right. And that could be just what they would wear. But also, it could be like, I don't want to take a risk. I don't want to. Yeah. I want my, yeah. But I don't, that philosophy doesn't. I see that when you are bold, it says mm-hmm. something, and also 
it energizes those around you. Yes. There's something yes. good about that. If you, like, you know, you said with the clothing, that's like a two. Yeah. This is like a seven. That seven is passing on to others. Mm -hmm. You're making a statement and it's almost like, I see it as like self-esteem. Yeah. Like you would take that risk. You exactly. You would try that thing. Mm -hmm. Some people wouldn't wear a bright red. Even. Yeah. It's a simple thing, but they wouldn't. Mm -hmm. It's too much of a right. statement of sorts. Yeah. So self-esteem is connected to it, which actually links back to what you said. That's funny. Mm -hmm. But I, I like that. Yep. I always see people's self-esteem very quickly. Mm -hmm. What's a quality what quality or two you notice in people very readily? I think the same. I think I notice if they're confident or not. And I think I can usually tell pretty quickly if people are genuine or not. Yeah. You can sense that? Yeah. What does the opposite look like? It looks like shifty something. Yeah. And I think for me, the easiest giveaway for that is like right in the first few seconds you're talking to somebody, if they start by talking about themselves or if they show an interest in you and whether or not they maintain good eye contact. So those are two cues I look for when like I first start talking to somebody as to whether or not they're genuine. That's gold right there. And it's like direct. It's like, yeah. Right, because if they were... To, oh, yeah, that first one is a big one. Yeah. Because it shows the focus. Exactly. It's almost like I describe you as other person-oriented or mm -hmm. more self-oriented. It makes it real obvious from yep. the first words. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I note that too. I didn't note that I note that until you just said it. Yeah. And then the eye contact is important. Yeah, most people eye contact, they're like, mm -hmm. I'm over here, I'm over here because the reality is too much. Yeah. Valid. That's a good point. We got some psychology in there right there. <laughs> that's cool. Now, what is one, um, this would be a last question here. What sure. is one takeaway you would want people to come from your magazine after they've experienced it? I always do this broad question. A takeaway mm -hmm. that they might. Have. I just want them to, after they've read it and looked through it, I want them to feel inspired in some way. Even if they're not a designer or artist, I want them to feel inspired to see the art and everything, to see the world in new ways. And I want them to feel that sense of community and to see these interviews from people all over the world and realize that everybody at the end of the day is very similar and we all desire the same basic things in life. And I think that's what I would love for people to take away. That's a cool message. Faith of the Masters, I would like to thank you for having joined on this episode of the show, sharing a bit about your wonderful magazine. Can you tell us the name once more? La Venue de la Mode. Wonderful. And some of the concepts behind it, the broader concepts that connect with people. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And we are out.